You know, Jackie, kalokohan lang naman yung mga trustful na yun eh. Like, I don't believe that it does anything to help me feel better about my office mates. Well, yeah, that's warranted, I guess, based on your own experience. But there can be some activities like a trust fall where they would be meaningful and helpful to some teams. We've seen some of that. Kailangan mo ba ng mas makabuluhang chismisan sa pantry? Listen to more conversations about work, both hot takes and thoughtful takes with me, Carl Javier, and Jackie Caniza on The Imaginable Workplace. Check it out on Spotify and wherever else you listen to podcasts. You know, the wealth of this country is owned by just a few guys. Ito yung mga tao na kinukuha yung yaman ng ating bayan wala namang ginagastos kung hindi mga laway nila at connection and they get most of the concessions the franchises that is given freely through money through influence and sheer greed that was former president rodrigo duterte on august 4 2016 making another grand promise early on in his presidency Did he actually dismantle the oligarchy? The so-called monster he vowed to destroy. I'm Bella Perez Rubio, Puma Podcast. In this final episode of the Duterte Legacy series, we take a look at one of his biggest promises yet. What do you mean by oligarchy? That's the first point to be made here. So if you're following President Duterte's words, and his uh, declarations, he seems to be referring to tycoons, right? Or um, families that have owned businesses for a long time. So ABS-CBN, the Lopez's, Ayala. So are they oligarchs in the true meaning of the word? That's debatable. That's Attorney Michael Yusinko, a policy analyst and constitutionalist. He doesn't really agree with Duterte's working definition of the oligarchy in the Philippines. But we'll get to that a little later. First, let's listen to the former president again, this time at an oath-taking in 2017, making it clear exactly who he means when he says oligarch. That what ails the Philippine society is the corrupt media, yung muka ng muka ng Lapreto, pati Lopez ng Pera, at yung Simbaan. The oligarchs of this country. And so he went after them, repeatedly attacking ABS-CBN, the Philippine Daily Inquirer, and other affluent families and businessmen who he perceived as critics and adversaries. In July 2020, Duterte's allies in the House stripped the Lopez family-owned ABS-CBN of their franchise. The move cost thousands of workers their jobs, and deprived millions of access to information amid a raging pandemic. Here's what Duterte had to say about it a few days after. Kaya ako mamatay, mahudo yung aeroplano, utang ina. I am very happy. Alam mo bakit? Sabi ko, without declaring martial law, I dismantled 
the oligarchy that control the economy of the Filipino people. But here's the thing. That may have crippled one powerful oligarchy, but it also benefited others close to the president. In January 2022, some of ABS-CBN's former frequencies were awarded to advanced media broadcasting systems, a network controlled by billionaire Manny Villar. Villar is not only the country's richest oligarch, with interests spanning real estate, food, retail, and broadcasting, his wife, son, and daughter are also sitting lawmakers. To say they're powerful is an understatement. Meanwhile, another channel previously used by ABS-CBN was awarded to SMNI, a network owned by Pastor Apollo Kiboloy, Duterte's spiritual advisor and a fugitive in the U.S. Yusinko says this kind of thing is typical of an oligarchy. Delicadesa will dictate that those airwaves should be assigned to someone not involved in the whole affair, right? So if you are a close ally, to the person that caused those airwaves to be removed from ABS-CBN, your sense of right or your sense of uh, delicadeza would prevent you from even considering getting those airwaves. That's the very essence of an oligarchy thinking, no, na I am above these things and I'm entitled to whatever I want. Davao businessman Dennis Uy Duterte's top campaign donor has become the poster boy of the new oligarchy. Before Duterte came to power, Uy wasn't even known to the business elite here in Manila. He made his money by starting Phoenix Petroleum in Davao. But all of a sudden, he was everywhere. Shipping, telco, hospitality, as well as food and beverage. He even took over the Malampaya gas field in a deal worth $1 billion. His conglomerate Udena quadrupled its portfolio to more than 100 firms in Duterte's time. And Uy himself skyrocketed to the top of Forbes' richest list, all in the span of one presidency. Earlier, we told you that Yusinko, like many political analysts, takes issue with who Duterte identifies as oligarchs in the first place. So if you look at the dictionary definition of oligarchy, it's a select group in the population or the elites having control of government power, political power, economic power. And political dynasties fit that definition perfectly. So... Yes, we do have an oligarchy in the Philippines now, and that comes in the form of political dynasties. Particularly, our problem now, our most urgent problem now, are fat political dynasties. No, Fat political dynasties are clans with members who hold government positions at the same time. Studies show that poverty, underdevelopment, and impunity are prevalent in areas where fat political dynasties thrive. And that to me is what the problem really is when we talk about oligarchy. Because many of these fat political dynasties are also tycoons, right? There are two Villars in the Senate, and there are a bunch of Villars in Las Piñas, and also a Villar in the House. And yet, 
Diba? They, they are, you know, the patriarch is one of the richest Filipinos around, right? Yusinko notes that fat political dynasties have infiltrated even the highest levels of our government. Our president has a sister in the Senate, has a son in the House, and uh, has a nephew at the local level and other relatives at the local level. Not just him. Our vice president also has a brother in the house, has a brother in the local level. Not just them, no? <laughs> I can, the list can go on and on. Despite Duterte's chest thumping, The Economist magazine ranked the Philippines fourth among countries where crony capitalism is most prevalent. We're just behind Russia. While this ranking in 2021 shows the Philippines slipped by one notch on the list, the wealth of billionaires in the country still surpassed 10% of the country's GDP. Let me repeat that. The few billionaire families in the Philippines to this day control more than 10% of the total economy. That is why I am fighting a monster. I am just two months older. But believe me, I will destroy their clutches sa ating bayan. So did the former president fulfill his promise to topple the oligarchy and even the playing field? The oligarchy was not uh, destroyed, was not even diminished uh, in my view. And the reason why I say that is our political system is still dominated by fat political dynasties. So he can say what he wants, but reality trumps whatever he says. (laughs) And reality is fat political dynasties dominate both our political system and in a way our economy as well. That was today's episode of Teka Teka. Again, I'm Bella Perez Rubio. This episode was edited by Presh Capistrano. If you like this special series on President Duterte's legacy, share it with a friend or two and follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're excited to build our community with you, and it looks like we'll be able to meet for events real soon. So if you want to stay in the loop, please go to pumapodcast.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Thanks for listening. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.